Do you know how much your wireless is costing you? Probably a lot more than you think. But with Consumer Cellular, you can get talk, text, and data for just $20 a month. Consumer Cellular also offers flexible plans, nationwide coverage to 99% of the U.S. population, no contract, and a 30-day risk-free guarantee. Plus, you keep your number and your phone. Make the switch today. Go to ConsumerCellular.com to get started. This week on Androids and Aliens. Ship explodes. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, It's a pretty easy maneuver. (laughs) As the rush of battle subsides. First of all, like once the nuke like blows up the fighter, uh, Friss just starts cackling gleefully. And then he sees that undead pilot kind of drift past the viewport. A space oddity awaits the crew. Captain, that's one of them Gimbole bringing in here. Might have something to say. Finally, we get some answers. I agree. But when one gazes into the abyss... We leave him in the airlock. He's just kind of pacing back and forth, and occasionally he'll look at the glass. And it's just a skeleton with these glowing green eyes and these empty eye sockets. The abyss gazes into you. You have violated the pact. We sign no pact. The adventure continues. No, but it's the same thing with double fisting. It means something completely different. Wait, what the the f- there are children what? listening to this. <laughs> no. I am embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed at everyone, frankly, sitting at this table. I was about to say, you have no sense of self-shame, so it had to cover all of us, because yeah. you would never admit personal no. embarrassment, because no. you're a monster. Uh, no, Grant, I, I myself am embarrassed as well, in a, a rare moment of embarrassment on my part as well. Uh, I don't even know how to talk about this. Uh, I think I'm mostly embarrassed at Matthew. Because this was right up his alley, and he missed it. We went through all of last week's episode without making a single 69 joke. Oh, fuck. You know, I just feel like we've been doing this for a while. We're better than that. We are so much better than that. You can't miss those opportunities to make those jokes. What was the opportunity? The episode, it was episode 69. Oh, that's right. We just sat here. I thought you were playing a long game with the, the penis picture. No, no, no. I was so focused on the Soprero wearing penis that I that I just, I, I totally glossed over this. But that's, you know, I, that's we're you professionals. Get. That's what you get for trusting your fearless leader. I you know, thought you were setting up. But this is where you have to lift me up. Someone else has to be like, hey, by the way, Troy, episode 69. Joke, 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 I, joke. I, I will, I, I'll take the fall for this. I, I think this was mainly my fault, but in my defense, I think it was the heroin. <laughs> because I've, I've been shooting a lot of heroin lately, the last like eight or nine episodes. And it so I think you... I just lost count because like oh. the heroin, it's really good. Well, it makes you feel really good. I thought you were going to say the heroin just made you much less foul in your humor. No, no, no. It's much more. Not at all. No. Not at all. I mean, it makes it. There's other physical issues that it causes. 
but not that. Yeah, Skid, we didn't mean to talk to you about this. Well, well, you know what? At least you had. You could be a prude or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, it feels <laughs> really good, and no, I like I, doing it. <clears throat> we're actually not recording an episode tonight. We're just recording your intervention. Oh, yes. that's hey. what this is, Skid. We're glad you were able to come here tonight. Yes, yeah. you oh, can leave anytime you want. Listen, Skid, we all There's love you. Very I much. was wondering what the banner was for. <laughs> you know, the skid we love you. Pull banner. down the welcome yeah. home skid one and show them the real one. <laughs> I agree with. Uh, Ma- oh no! Oh, oh man! <laughs> I agree with Matthew that we all love you, but I, for one, welcome the return of heroin chic. You look marvelous. I've lost. I've lost forty-five pounds. It's amazing in the last three days. <laughs> what? I feel amazing. And uh, anyone who uh, has a problem with it should look at themselves in the mirror and say, "Why don't I stop doing heroin?" <laughs> oh, well, I have a sixty-nine question. Okay. Yes, oh, please. yes, please. For the record, uh, before we get into that, Skid is all right. <laughs> I'm, is I'm, I am fine. I'm fine. <laughs> 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 it was a bit. However, if you have 69 questions, Now, Ellie, what are you going to say? Ellie, we don't have time for 69 questions. We have an episode to get to. No, I want to first say that my favorite sense of humor is when you talk about something super like sensitive and then just move on and you never talk about it ever again. So people will always be like, wait. Skid? My question, though, about 69, just so we're clear, 69 yes. is not a sports term in America. It's the same meaning well. as in Europe. I'm just checking. What, what, is, it what is the European meaning? I'd like to hear it. No, does it have I, to I do with race to, cars? You, yes. No. Oh, well, It then, doesn't in Europe? Then it's different. Oh. Uh, what does it no. mean in Europe? <laughs> you guys don't have a lot of NASCAR. No, but it's the same thing with double fisting. It means something completely different Wait, what in the Europe. F- there are children what? listening to this. <laughs> there are children. Children no, that love heroin. An American it's honestly me. really rude for you to continually bring up things and not explain what you mean. Like, w- no, why is it different? What I is different? I was holding two bottles of beers, and some American said... Oh, you're double fisting, and I said, "How goddamn dare you!" And, and what did you oh. think they meant? Oh, well, they told oh. you they, they were mentioning that you're holding two beers, right? That's what they that's said. double fisting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what do you think double fisting means? Whatever. I, <laughs> I think I know. You, you walked into and this. I wish I, did. I can't. I can't. I can't help you. <laughs> Wait, are you not going to say? No, I mean, I, I, I think you should uh, Google image. Double fisting. I don't Joe. think we should. And I don't <laughs> think anyone should. Do I don't think right we should. By the way, let me show you guys the new map today. No more maps. <laughs> I make it a, a rule never to Google anything in a European is a shame to talk about. <laughs> yeah, like, I think you Americans should just Google it. It's like, okay. Oh my God, it's oh Brexit. My it's God. Brexit. Oh no. Did, Did you, you look it up, Joe? I did, and it's every picture. <laughs> I thought there might be one picture of someone holding two Michelob Ultras. No. <laughs> no. Google didn't filter that out. No. It was... They were all... And I was not safe for work. I had, I Matthew sitting right next to me. He was very taken aback. Rest my case. Right. Can you get that binder with the formal complaints to HR? Yeah. Did you ever oh. do that at college? Like when your roommate was out, you'd change his background to something just horrific? No. <laughs> but you know who There's did? There's a term for it. Literally everyone I know who went to Boston College. It was like a sport for them. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with you all? Yeah, I don't know why. It just seemed like a good idea. Do you know something idea. that's very fun to do to someone, uh, especially your mom, is if you go into it? <laughs> I would never do this to my mom. I'm not sure what the oh. segue is. Go on. I'm dreading what happens, what comes next. Someone's iPhone, you know, there's autocorrect. And if you change, like, something common to something dirty, it's very, very funny. Like, I changed hello to cock. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Wait, in English or in Swedish? In Swedish. And uh, are they are they do they sound alike? 
hello and, no not at all oh, okay. so every time she's like <laughs> you did this to your mother yep it was hilarious wow was she ever able to rectify the problem well I she started texting did she me. lose her job no no she I, oh, we I, should give some background. so if you text her like hi mom she just texts back cock <laughs> and Ellie's mother is currently the ambassador of Sweden to uh, well not anymore but. yeah after that you lost it no but Hello. this was like a five minute joke Hello. and then I turned it back on but it was a lot of fun did she, did, did she think it was funny nope <laughs> does she think it's funny now uh no <laughs> I mean yeah my mom doesn't have a sense of humor but I do well I'll say this I don't think we'll get to episode 169 of this show but if we do please Please make the jokes, okay? It's I'll we're, try. we're better than that. I'll try. If, Skid, you've got a hundred uh, ninety-nine episodes. To wait, keep wait, wait, I wait, can't wait. promise that's enough time for me to stop doing heroin, but I'll do all. Well, I can. do we, your best. Can we I'll just try. say that we have another opportunity before then, which is uh, one thirty-eight, which is sixty-nine times two. So if we that's remember one thirty-eight, that's not the same. But the, yeah, the, 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 really the digits grant. grant don't actually correspond to. Shut up, you Anatomy. number miser. <laughs> You've been doing this forever. Sick of it. You see, the, the six and the nine Jesus have Christ. anatomical parallels. He's like a fun it's vortex. True, it's true, though. Matthew only uses numbers for not fun reasons. Yeah. yeah. Never spins them for fun. No. Never. I cut your checks tonight. Those were fun. <laughs> those, those were pretty fun. I enjoyed that check. I, why did we spend the money on the Mickey Mouse check face? That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really strange move. We get... To, we get... We get uh, Disney bucks. When we yeah, go to, Disney uh, bucks. Orlando. <laughs> well, let's oh, play boy. some Starfinder. How, did you guys enjoy that Starship combat? I last really week? did. I thought that was great. When we went off air, we actually talked <laughs> at length about how much fun we had. It was yeah. the smoothest Starship combat we've ever had. Yeah. Well, part of I think part of it is uh, upgrading the ship. Yeah. Like having having nukes. There's nothing not fun about nukes. Correct. Nothing not fun about news. And also, we way outclass the ships. Yeah, yeah. I really thought something else was in the works. Me too. Um, because we so clearly dominated them. Uh, you know, but it still bothers me. The whole situation really irritates me. I'm really yeah. irritated. Gets your goat. Yeah, by like the, um, the constant sort of like random attacks across the pack worlds from Eoxian necrogliders or whatever. And... Without ever being able to question anybody or know where they're coming from or or anything like up we, to we this can't point, yeah. Well, there's someone right now floating in space. To Skid's point, yeah. that might be there is, undead that is true. alive. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we, we don't have the ability to get them though. I don't. Why not? I think I can breathe. Do we have a tractor beam? Yeah, just do a space. We spacewalk. We all have spacesuits. We have spacesuits, and he has jump jets. Kreska has jump okay. jets. I do have jump okay. jets. So when this happened, when first of all, like once the nuke like blows up the fighter. Uh, <laughs> Friss just starts cackling gleefully, um, and he's just like he's slamming his little like rat fists on his thighs. He's so happy, like he's giggling, and then he sees that undead pilot kind of drift past like the viewport. He says, "Captain, that's one of them gimbal that bring him in here. Might have something to say. Finally, we get some answers." I agree, Dex. Can you nudge us over there? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. 
That's not, no, that, no. That's not Dax's voice. The ship, yeah. the ship explodes. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, like a pretty easy maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I'll, I'll do what I can with sure. the thrusters to get our yeah large ship. And before uh, we to move, pick up a single person floating through space. Before we move, we are moving carefully and looking for other threats. I think you you really nailed us on that last time. Yeah. Okay. Howie. Yes, Captain. Anything on the long range scanners? No. You sound uneasy. You sound like you're lying. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading something. <laughs> Would you like to share with the class? Um, put down your John Irving book and focus! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's, I... he's working his way. That's very specific. <laughs> oh, really got me. I was just like thinking about like what would like an intelligent, quote-unquote intelligent creature just be kicking back it's and like, reading Of course, he'd be with the world according to God. <laughs> so I want you to rules. understand the, the, the human psyche. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just says no. Okay. All right. So we need someone to go out and spacewalk to bring this Eoxian in. Um, okay. I think it would be fun to try, but I... Uh, Dax is happy to do it. I mean, I'm dexterous, I'm acrobatic, exactly. I'm athletic, and I can breathe in space. So I'm happy <laughs> oh, to do yeah. it. You don't even need to wear a spacesuit. And, and uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, Dr. Frisk could easily pilot the ship into position, I would yeah, think, yeah. if that's something that's feasible. Dr. Frisk, you have the helm. All right. Dax. He jumps, somersaults again into the seat, the, the, the pilot seat. Hmm. Uh, Dax is going to uh, put a helmet on and everything so that he can communicate with the crew, but then he's going to go up and out if he can do a spacewalk. Okay. Tethered to the ship. Uh, and I don't know. I'm just a little freaked out by this because I saw uh, the Mark Wahlberg Mars movie. What's that called? Mark uh, Wahlberg Mars. Wahlberg. It's called Mars. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, not Mars. Matt Damon. Matt Damon Mars movie. Uh, yeah. Mission to Mars. Right. The they're, Mars. Very, they're very similar. They're very similar. You were just saying how you it makes you angry when people just do a Boston accent. I'm allowed Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. It's funny joke. No, it's... Uh, it's Mark Wahlberg what is Mars. It? Matt Damon. What's it? It's called Marky Marks. Mars, that Marky Marks. That actually, that movie, that movie, the movie makes a couple of, of uh, tabletop RPG references. That's true. And uh, the one book, amazing, right? one yeah. amazing Tolkien reference. Yeah, it's pretty uh, You good. read the book, right, Joe? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can't learn the book. <clears throat> but yeah, I think you should. The Martian. That's what it is. The Martian. The Martian. The Martian. Holy mother for me. I when they I'll, were just like even trying to like pick up a person in space, like the, the mathematics of it are astounding. Oh, with yeah. our technology, it's almost impossible. But, Ellie, but I, I'm it's, guessing with here modern it's technology. two standard actions. <laughs> it yeah. seems like Ellie was not a fan of that movie based on her facial expression. No, 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 no. Like, you just hate Boston and people from Boston. Yeah. I hear you. I yeah, get you. No, 100%. That's, yeah, that's, that's what that's it fair. is. No, no. I, I love that movie. I love that book. I love everything about it. Yeah, Howie. Which is uh, about Howie, what do you think about Dax going out to go uh, re- retrieve yeah. this pilot? Mm. Does this seem feasible? Is his speed something we can properly match? His he, speed and heading. He is just floating there. Howie, does this remind you of any books or movies? Hmm. It does. <laughs> What would they? What would the they be world called? according to God. Oh, do, do, do share. We have Are six days of travel. The film from Earth Four. Called 2001 The Space Odyssey hmm. the, Can you, you arrange a screening for us? <laughs> no <laughs> All right. Perhaps some more um, How about gravity? Okay So can right, I go let's out let's of the ship? Have gra- <laughs> <laughs> yes Stax She means the movie gravity <clears throat> yeah. yeah What do you think? It seemed like there was no connection <laughs> We were talking about the feasibility of actually going to get him And then there's a silence And Ellie just goes 
How about gravity? <laughs> well, <laughs> and it seemed uh, like a weird mathematical solution that made no sense. Well, but PG, now I, now I uh, there, there's very little gravity here in space. <laughs> <laughs> she was responding to Skid's question. Right. Yes, yeah. no, I get it now. I get uh, it now. <clears throat> but yeah, I think this task is appointed for you, Dax. Yes. Well, my the situation here. Yeah. Uh, no problem. Uh, he will go up and out an airlock uh, if possible. So you're just like floating there in space, and I imagine he's like moving his hands to try to get away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> try to swim in the backyard, running, work. running in place, resisting. Doing the breaststroke, <laughs> not moving anywhere, away. <laughs> <laughs> frantically uh, doing the breaststroke. But eventually, he uh, he realizes uh, you're in a much better position than he is, and uh, perhaps you. Well, he doesn't know what your designs are, but he uh, you grab him, and you pull him into the ship. Oh, great. <laughs> Made it easy. Sweet. Cresco uh, will meet you at the airlock. Okay. Bringing, uh, bringing the others. Shall sure. we interrogate him together? Yes. Uh, Dax isn't going to say anything. He's, uh, again, still has his helmet on. He's going to bring this guy in. They re-establish uh, gravity in the airlock. <clears throat> he's going to pick him up by his collar so that he's standing up straight. Uh, and then... Open the airlock door when the captain gets there, and just shove him forward into the oh, room. Before before he comes in, uh, Friss is going to advise everybody to get some uh, if we have any radiation shielding on board. So we, oh, right, we, right, we right, could right. probably scan in the airlock, right? Prepare for this. Well, it's only one d four rounds of their radiation in actual gameplay terms. So within <laughs> the time that he comes on board, he should be fine. <laughs> yeah, anyone exposed to a direct hit from a nuclear missile should be fine after after eighteen seconds. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> I'm just talking about the gameplay rules. Yeah. Um, How would radiation affect undead? It doesn't affect them, right? Does but they would, they would, care they would be they would care their clothing, yeah. their clothing especially. Yeah. All right, we should really get into this. Yeah. Uh, or you can talk to him in the airlock. Yeah, leave him in yeah, the airlock. Just leave him in the, the airlock. Yeah. And Dax is fine. Like yeah. he would be a care too, but we can give him a silkwood shower after he gets. Yes, yeah. I mean, I imagine that. I forgot about the radiation. Yeah. I imagine that in a world like this, you'd probably have those facilities in your airlocks and in your yeah. suit and your spacesuit has like yeah, radiation has some, yeah basic radiation protection everybody suit up everybody suit up before we talk to this guy. Okay. so we suit up we leave him in the airlock alright so there's just this like tiny little window yeah we press the intercom after you uh, reestablish gravity he's just kind of pacing back and forth and occasionally he'll look at the glass and it's just a skeleton with yeah. these glowing green eyes and these empty eye sockets a crack on the top of his head Exposing no brain underneath, just kind of pacing. Kreska will press the button on the intercom. You have violated the pact and attacked a vessel of the Starfinder Society on a peaceful mission. Explain yourself. <clears throat> the pact. We signed no pact. You're a pact. Eox is a pact world, is it not? Eox is, yes. But the corpse fleet does not recognize. The pact. Oh, so the corpse fleet doesn't have any doesn't have an association with the ox. No, no they do. Well, well they but they're 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 like, a, they're like an offshoot. Of, they're like, like they're like militants. Eox, uh, yeah, and eox diplomatically. What's the word? They, they, they distance they, disavow. They, 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 disavow yeah, they disavow the corpse fleet. Yeah. But they, they the secretly, they're like, they think. That they secretly, they all get together and yeah. <laughs> play beer pong. There's a lot of whispers like that. But the whole thing about the it's corpse like, fleet is that they are, they don't agree with Eox uh, for signing the pact. Yeah, it's kind of like Sinn Féin, the IRA or something. It's like they're kind of an unofficial 
a splinter. Yeah, uh, a yeah it's a splinter group. Yeah. From, yeah. How did you know we'd be there? How did you find us? I don't understand why I should answer your questions. You have me in an airlock. No doubt you'll get the information you need and then shoot me back into space. Is that or, your plan? Or we could return you to your home world to face whatever justice you want there. I'd rather you blast me into space. Very well. Set a course for the ox. Or you could help us. If I were to give you the information you seek, what is to be done with me? What would you prefer? Leave me here. In space? Yes. In an asteroid belt? Yes. Perhaps deposit me back on that asteroid over there, the Star Eater's spine. So the fleet can come and pick you up at a later date? What business is that of yours? I tell you what you want, you leave me on the asteroid. We don't wish you to pose a future threat to us, Chuba. I don't think he made much of a threat to us at all. In fact, we killed him quite quickly, Doctor, although I respect your opinion on the matter. I say we let him go. It is a gamble, but it is one that I think could pay huge dividends for us all, Captain. Very well. If the information you provide is satisfactory, we shall leave you on the Star Eater's spine. Are you bluffing? Do you want to roll a bluff check? Or yeah, are you telling the truth? Okay. Uh, 26. 26, okay. Well, at least now you have some options. Because uh, it looks like he believes you. He waits a long time. Turns his back to you. And looks out the other window into empty space. And turns back. What would you like to know? What's the corpse, free- What's the corpse fleet's interest in us? And how did you find us? We were told to eliminate you upon leaving the asteroid. You represent a minor inconvenience. To what? To the mission. What's the mission? I do not know the entirety of the details. I was given but one order. Eliminate you. I can tell you that the corpse fleet visited this asteroid and were ordered to attack anyone leaving the base. They did that, and then we were sent behind to take care of you, should you show up, or any other ships examining the base. So you did that, as in you destroyed a ship... Attempting to leave the asteroid. I tried, and I failed. So the cultists who escaped, presumably the cultists, they tried to hunt down and missed? Well, he's saying that, like, their mission, uh, along with uh, another group, possibly, uh, was to go into the Star Wars spine and clear them out. Oh. So you don't know if, like, any of the cult got away or not. And oh, so they, there it ends with the cult. Yeah. Red odds, yeah. Red odds. Do you know where the cultists were going when they left the asteroid? 
or attempted to leave the asteroid? I do not. I have no knowledge of the corpse fleet's goals in investigating the base. And I also do not know the ultimate destination of the corpse fleet or the cult of the devourer. It was my mission but to wait and destroy, and I have failed. Just because you didn't destroy us? Or was there something else you failed at? Just because I didn't destroy you. Well, I'm sure you're very disappointed. Can't you see from my expression? <laughs> what? <laughs> Troy's just making a skull. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> um... <clears throat> Kuala would like to do, and we don't do this a ton, I'd like to roll a diplomacy check to try to change the creature's attitude towards us. Mm-hmm. So it's 15 plus one and a half times the CR of the creature, basically. Yeah, it depends on his starting attitude, yeah. too. It, gets a, like, it could be up to a plus 10 to the DC if he's hostile. Do, do we have enough information that it's okay to try something like this? Yeah, you risky? certainly can try. I just want to make sure want, we're the captain. The only, one, only other thing I really want to know is what he knows about the cult of the Valor. Yeah, that, good, mm-hmm. good, good. And also, what's the relationship with him? And wait, we still don't know. Like he, This guy knows more about what happened to the cult on the rock, right? If they got away or how many of them got away. or if, Yeah. He right? said he didn't know. He said he didn't know. Oh, he already he said he didn't know. Okay. What do you know about the cult of the devourer? Very little. All I know is that the people above me seem to want something that the cult wants as well. So they are effectively competition. But you don't know what they seek, those above you. I do not know. I believe they found some information on the Star Eater's spine and erased it from the data core. Who's they? Who is they? Officers above me. So we found this, right? We mm-hmm. found this. We yeah. found the deleted data. Well, maybe... maybe We found deleted data from... Sorry, Ellie, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, they said, don't delete this, and then we saw a video recording, but how about, what if that was a replacement of uh, what if they were hiding what was already there, but with a video recording of something else? Well, you remember oh, that Talman was giving a speech, and uh, or not a speech, but was making a re- uh, recorded message. And in his last line, uh, he said, "Our future awaits far beyond the confines of the Star Eater spine. You must fly, my sisters and brothers, fly to right." And it was awaits. automatically deleted. So the Eoxians deleted that. So they oh, okay, so they would know. Very so they know where they're going. But also in that image we saw the, in the video of what happened underneath the rock, was that an Eoxian and another race? It was like a Kathasa and someone else was, was an Eoxian like involved. Like a, Wait, you mean the uh, the video recording? Yeah. yeah. Why are we no, talking about a, the video? It was a gnome and a, uh, some other crazy race, and they were just okay, having okay. a cult. Conversation. Wasn't that like from hundreds of years ago? Yeah. Yeah, and it was just really the the key to unlocking the. The uh, the computer getting into the computer. I understand. Would is there a check we can do? To, would it be uh, if it were exposed that the corpse fleet attacks the Starfinder Society and we have this guy as prisoner as bait? Would that be some sort of scandal? Like would that cause them embarrassment? Would that be motivation for them to come to the table? Is this what I'm asking? The corpse fleet? Yeah. No. No. I, no. I would guess no because I think that that would be like you know they'd be like yeah. You know, like they would own that. They're known enemies of the Starfighter. Yeah, they're considered society. basically terrorists. They're like fuck oh, the Starfighter okay. society. Yeah. I wonder. Well, I wonder itself? along that same line of thinking, though. I wonder if 
it would be bad. Like, what we need to do is find a connection between, uh, quote unquote, honest Eox and the corpse fleet. Get a lot more. Yeah. And so, like, this, we need to get to Juanita. It's Juanita, right? Yeah. Juanita. 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 And either find out from uh, Juanita or use this creature to sort I don't know. Like, basically, we have to make them feel like the corpse fleet is. After a world-killing device, a, a, a galaxy-killing device, and say, is this something that they're doing with the Blessing of Eox in order to hold that power uh, and have it as a bargaining chip? Or is it something they're doing on the, you know, without the Blessing? And obviously, publicly, she would say without the Blessing, but... That's what I wanted to do with the diplomacy check, was try to talk him out of waiting on the asteroid, actually. Oh, I mean, we buffed him, so we can just do whatever we want. Well, I know, but I was he going wants to improve, improve his, his improve attitude. Because right now, he's not going to come with us, no matter what we say, it seems like. Maybe he doesn't have a choice. Well, no, intimidating will like allow him... Well, yeah, we could keep him captive. Yeah. But I, I think what Grant, is saying, yeah, what Grant is saying is like intimidating him gets us information, but then by the rules of the game, he is our enemy. Like yeah, He will right. do everything he can to get away from us. I just want to do something unusual with the role. Is that do, good? Yeah, no, let's do it. But is there anything else we wanted to... Or, Ask. It seems pretty you know, clear I think that he, he has very limited he's knowledge. He's too low vision. level. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what he, we need his is presence like, is valuable. I feel like a goddamn like FBI agent. Like we need a higher level person to, flip to corroborate someone that they're for, working with Eox to yeah. find this fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, and somebody has. Gotta, gotta have, we need a whistleblower. We need a yes. high level whistleblower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe this guy could tell us though where his bosses are. Yeah. Yeah. If we could get a meeting with his bosses. Uh, just to find out why they're looking for it. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't strike me as something. Well, no, so maybe if, they would want to kill I everyone and make them all. Maybe in his know. diplomacy check, Grant can offer to call the corpse fleet. I don't want to offer to call the corpse fleet. I want to take him back to Eox and convince him. I want to convince him that they're going to kill him because he failed. That's what I want to do. But what like are you just let me? That. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Roll, roll that. Roll, and roll see what happens. Uh, so that's a total of a 20. Can you explain the diplomacy part of that? I, I'm being honest. Is that just because you're saying we're your friends because they all kill you? Yes. Uh, Good but, cop. But we're sa- but you're saying, like, but we're going to take you there. Like, isn't that? No. I Let me just role play it. Okay. You'll see it in real time. <laughs> <laughs> and his eye pops up. Like, Koala's probably lower than the, like, little port. You see one eye go up higher. He says, <laughs> listen, my friend, I am no friend to carbon-based life form. And his other two <laughs> eyes, like, look back behind him and pop up and says, You are undead, but you are made out of carbon. That is an improvement off of these four. Hey. But an even bigger improvement can be found in the way we will treat you versus the corpse fleet commanders that you failed. Do you really believe that you will have a better future waiting on that asteroid for your commanders to find... Someone who failed them in combat? You come with us. We can negotiate with our contact there and make sure no harm comes to you. Perhaps you can even reintegrate into society. A society that understands exactly your makeup. Officers fail missions all the time. My greater crime is saying anything to you. Exactly. Can I get in on this? Sure, he's just going to continue and say, though, should you bring me back to Eox and turn me in, I will be thrown in prison to either rot, as they say, or be stripped of my undead nature and killed. 
If you return me to the corpse fleet, which is essentially just leaving me here, then the corpse fleet will deal with me. Joining you is not an option. Can PG ask him something? Yes. What does it feel like when you're dead? Does it is it better than it used to be? It is the greatest feeling I have ever felt. As I passed from life to unlife, and time moved forward, many of my memories of my past have faded. But I still see glimpses from time to time. But the feeling of everlasting life is indescribable. If this is something that interests you, my dear, Eox can offer you that solution <laughs> for a price. Uh, PG just looks at him, or blinks at him. But doesn't really. There seems to be no no like response in her face regarding to that. Whether she thinks it sounds positive or negative. Uh, first jumps in. So are you trying to say you don't remember? You have no memory of the feeling of air in your lungs, tuba, sun on your skin. Mm. This is a better feeling than that. A good meal in your belly. Yeah. Touch of a woman, yeah? But when you are alive, you spend so much time thinking about the end. I no longer think about that. That relief alone is better than these simple pleasures. Why would you be concerned about the end when you are at the end always until the end of time? We, every moment, the living we have is special because we know that we only have so much time. You will never have that again. Yes, but I once did have that. And now I have this. So I am able to enjoy both. It is not something I imagine most of the living can understand. But yet plenty of the living come to Eox. Work for years to earn the opportunity to gain everlasting life. They work themselves. They work themselves for a fantasy, a con job. I know I've seen it before. What you offer is a poison pill tuber. You try to trick her, she asks you. She is vulnerable. This is how you work. I've seen it. I've seen charlatans prey on the weak, no offense. I won't let you do it. Not to her. And he reaches up and he, boom, he hits the switch to open the, the <laughs> airlock to shoot him out. <gasps> oh, Jesus. Fuck! I had things I wanted to say. <laughs> Bye. Too late. By the way, I mean, he's not dead. You can go get him back. If we're talking, <laughs> sure, you can just turn Captain around and permission look. to go get him back. <laughs> Is he wearing a helmet? Just a few more questions. <laughs> if we're talking about radiation slipping on the sky, the vacuum of space, based on cold damage alone, would kill him immediately. He's he's not alive. 
No, I know, but it would... It, we, you can still destroy undead through cold and fire. Anyway, I'm going to drop this. Yeah, I mean, it's possible he's wearing a helmet. I don't know the, the intricacies of it, but I know they can survive in, in a space. A vacuum. Well, I mean, I can yeah. survive in space. So. Um, you can? Yeah. No think, cold damage from space. Interesting. I think PG, upon um, Friss's uh, little maneuver, I think she looks at him. How can you... How can you be so sure you know the truth always? How can you know that they uh, that they haven't found something that we can't possibly understand? I'm not saying that from his description it sounds absolutely awful, but uh, again, he has a point is that he has actually experienced this. He has experienced both, whereas we haven't. I would be careful with making assumptions. I have also experienced death. Are living. Really? I have seen death. I've been digging in the guts of patients on my table. I've seen countless friends die, starvation, disease, violence. I have seen it. I have a very close relationship with death. And I've seen these creatures too. What they offer is unnatural. And I think there is something in them that wants it, but it is, it is not right. It twists your perception. This is something I feel. I could be wrong, but yes. I have close experience with it. I don't want you. I care about you. I will say it. I don't want you a patient of mine. I don't want you to fall prey to that sort of thinking. No, I, uh, I, I appreciate that. You're free to do what you want, but I don't want anyone like that to try to take advantage of you. Yes, no, I won't join the Aoxians. I'm just saying that perhaps, perhaps there is other, other versions of ourselves that might be better, better than what we are. But what cost? The virtues of endlessness are surprisingly few. Yes, but that's not the mind of... We have a limited time, right? So we will always appreciate everything um, in our lives because we, 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 we know that there's an ending to it. I am not making any sense, but uh, what I'm trying to say is that I, I, I am curious by the philosophy, although I do find... I do find him repulsive. I don't want to be a skeleton with, with weird eyes. I... Uh, I don't find no. that beautiful at all. It is a complicated matter, PG. There is no correct answer. It is something I have thought on a, a great deal and read a lot about. It doesn't mean in reading that you get any closer to understanding the depth of life or death, their relationship, or how one transfers over. But as an android, I have always felt that there is a strange line that I walk at times I felt I have lived two lives, though one life I am unfamiliar with, the other perhaps too familiar with. In either case, I have found that it is less the importance that there is an end. 
That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like need oil can. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. When he gets into these deep thoughts, it he's, gets it gets hard a, to. He's in a go-to loop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but he's trying to put his his hand on it because as you know, as an android, uh, by the rules of the game, it's like if your body dies or malfunctions, it can be replaced, right? Like you can take your consciousness and put it into yeah. another body, and it can be reset by someone or not. So there's no way to know if you're an android at any time if you were someone else if someone or you could know your entire other lives in other bodies or not so it is a strange line uh, that they walk but speaking for Dax he, he just says but what I have found is it's less about the shortness uh, and preciousness of life that makes one feel alive it is the struggle that makes one feel alive I in listening to this creature I felt that he sounded elated by his form, that he was able to not think about an end. However, what were his struggles? Where did he fight to stay alive? And that is how I have felt ever since I left Astral Extractions. My time there was comfortable. It was easy. I didn't think or want for anything. But one day something suddenly changed and I needed something more. I couldn't describe it. That is when I met the captain and Dr. Friss on Dock 94, and suddenly there was a struggle, something difficult, something beyond what I ever thought I could do. Looking ahead to a mission to Eox to talk with an Eoxian ambassador who I am unsure how we could possibly uh, succeed at a mission of this nature. You do not know Captain McDonovan, but she was extremely impressive in these situations, and without her, I feel we are in a much more difficult position. She allowed us to talk to a very intense Eoxian ambassador and made us leave in a good position. I don't know what the outcome will be. I feel the danger is great. But I feel that that danger and that struggle is what makes me feel alive, more alive than I ever felt before. Fighting these battles is what makes us different from them. That is it. That's it, though. It's the fear of mortality. It's the fear of it ending. That's what makes you feel alive. There is no life if there's no end date. It's just it. It's just ongoing, ongoing banality. My worry is that I wonder if there are things that are worse than death in terms of um, I, uh, I've i mentioned this briefly to, Driss, uh, doc, to Dr. Friss but um, I um, I am no longer really part of anything um, and I haven't been I've realized for the past 100 years it's been to me maybe 17 years in real life so it's been a lifetime in itself but then adding on to the 500 years uh, sorry 100 years I realize I can never go back and fix it and now I just walk around on this planet and I've been given more chances and I feel like I have a purpose all of a sudden, but I, to think that I know how the world works and to n- understand the, the philosophies of all this, the races on the, in this universe, I, I, right now I just want to learn as much as I can about everything and uh, I can't discount that the Oxians might be in, onto something. I am not normally used to crew that is this emotionally in tune. <laughs> As a pirate, 
We mostly drink and fall asleep and kill and steal. <laughs> but I will tell you that I have not felt so much pain. Pain in you, Doctor. And pain in you, Peachy. The difference is that the Doctor has found a way to get beyond the pain and feel something more. I felt the absence of pain, the departure of life from that Yaxian, and nothing else. You have your own way, Peachy, but I think maybe you and I are similar in that we are on that way. That is what the path that we are on, the mysteries of the universe that we look into, the photon and the graviton. When you gaze into those mysteries, you must learn more about yourself, and it, you are right to question. But I think you'd best take the doctor's counsel. Of course, no, of course. I, uh... I'm sorry I brought it up, and I think a sort of sad oh, PG goes back to her. Not, no, Dax is not going to let you. He's going to be like, as an android, he jumps in like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, uh, b- before you're able to walk away, he's just, you know, like taking all this in is, is kind of intense for him, and he's never had this kind of conversation with these people, right? you know, with, with this group like this. And he just feels that PG is in a, a, a rough place, and he feels the same way. Yeah. He's in a rough place, like trying to find purpose. She just mentioned purpose. And he's constantly digging for purpose, trying to find purpose. She wants to belong to something. He, like, everything that he belonged to, quote unquote, was fake. It was all yeah. a lie, right? And then he finds these people. Now he kind of, I guess he feels like he belongs to something, but how does an android feel that, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah. He, as you start walking away, he's just like, PG, please, one more thing. I have to say, and this is purely from the perspective of an android, I have always felt known that androids are built for someone else. They are thought of, their entire existence is for the purpose of pleasing others. And I recently have fought against that. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be who I want to be without thinking of others. Yet in that attempt, I have found the captain and Dr. Friss, you, and Qualo. And there is something that is bringing us together. And ironically, it is this fear that someone or something might kill everyone that lives in the galaxy and suddenly I feel that perhaps we all are made for someone else we all are made to help someone else and that might be all the living beings of the universe that is where I have found some degree of purpose it does not bring me joy do not mistake me I feel that I am trapped once again but I feel that walking away from it does me no service, for I don't know who could possibly take on this threat besides us. Dax is right. There is something that binds us together, a connection deep within the void, underneath and running through all matter in the galaxy. I have heard it. I have sensed it. It is mostly beyond my reach, but it is there. But that, and she points out 
the wind, out the airlock window towards the oxygen who's still you see he's there. like now a quarter of an inch yeah <laughs> now a third of an inch or, i'm sorry now an eighth of an inch yeah. as he's like spinning in the distance <laughs> they seek oblivion i think that really resonates with pg considering everything that's been happening to her with the with the solarian class but i think uh and i mentioned it a couple of episodes ago when her her real name like pergua garage which means pg by yeah. the way um it means castrated, and so I think she was told as a punishment before um, before her um, the cryo um, that her people had uh, they they castrated her like they like an animal they completely removed uh, the parts that would. Is ha- this something that's extremely her. rare and like doesn't happen to people and happen to you, or is this something that happens to Americois that do she, a certain crime? She or? has never heard of it happening. Okay, so this is really really so, and awful. it was not a Maricoy that did it to her. As so, but she has just been told. That they, that her tribe basically said, this is the, this is the punishment, and so the people that gave her the punishment said, like, no, you're getting castrated. So, uh, mm. I don't know if you've read. Sorry, this is a little bit going off the rails, but uh, if you read Brandon <laughs> Sanderson's uh, uh, King Kill, um, Stormlight Archives, yeah, uh-huh. there's like a race in that in that book that has like a a, a non form. The Parshendi, <laughs> the, par- the yeah. Parshman, yeah. the yeah. Parshman. They have like a non form. And yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, they have and, multiple races. They have multiple forms. Yeah. Exactly. That Whereas they the Maricoy, meditate and yeah, take and Maricoy has seven different uh, sex genders, and mm-hmm. so I think she's currently like a non-form, but like because they took away this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the non-forms, uh, and I could be wrong about this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the non-form, basically the way that it manifests itself, is they're like mindless kind of slaves. Basically. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're. They don't. Offer up any like uh, opposition, resistance, yeah. or anything. They're, they're taken slave. They just do what the they're humans. told, and they just stare dumbly. Yeah. yeah. But meanwhile, there is like a like a real living, breathing creature in there that can think. Yeah. If with the right meditation, they could get back to this other yeah. form. Yeah. It's really and obviously, I think I don't think PG is like that, but I do think that she's like this the, the similar situation That's when she example, when yeah. she became like a mecha- like whatever happened before she went into cryo. Uh, we haven't established that yet, but. Um, and then, but right now, she's just like, what the hell is, like, she's so lost. Like, she's lost beyond, because she has no one she can ask. She has nothing. And then the Solarian thing happens. So she's just completely like, whatever philo- philosophy is talking to yeah. her right now, she's just like, huh. You know, it's like a a, a pure atheist being being convinced by all religions to be a, well, yeah, yeah to be a Mormon yeah right well yeah I I think it's more we're not trying to convince you of any kind of religion because we're not there's no kind of it's just a, a non, uh, just a willingness to embrace life that we're advocating well, well you guys yeah but over think, on death no I think but like I think PG is just like if if you imagine a child but then grows up and like never gets exposed to any sort of life philosophy no religion at all and then right now she's just like anything like if Christianity Islam uh, Buddhism would like approach her she would be like huh that's huh, yeah that's yeah. what yeah. I was saying like that's why you're you're vulnerable that's why yeah. Chris says like you're vulnerable right now like yeah, give it yeah a no I, I really like that and that, uh, yeah like he talked to the the, the captain and said that guys I'm very worried about her because she already had a nihilistic streak and is getting into touch with the mysteries of the ether that hasn't helped very much. Yes. I want to keep an yes. eye on her. There have, been, there have been stories of Salarians who found... And this is all whispered away from PG, probably. Yeah, I think P- Dex and PG are hanging out because I yeah. think PG's crying or whatever. Oh, yeah, I mean... yeah, And Qualo's like... 
I've heard of practitioners of the faith that have become imbalanced, have not found a way to vacillate between graviton and photon mode, and, well, none of their fates end up in a place you'd want to be. So the doctors, kind psychiatry, might guide her on a path through the universe. Whether it be the music of the spears, the subroutines of an android, the beating heart of a Yosoki, or the community of PG's race. Maricoy. <laughs> Just I heard knew it. you were going to I lost it right like, in Maricoy. I was like, does he have it? Around the room, I was like, you have made a mistake starting this. I knew <laughs> you did. Maricoy. so funny. <laughs> we are talking about God. We are talking about life. We are talking about the universe. It has many faces. But to save hers, she'll find her way. Captain. Yes, Howie? Listening to all of you talk, I'm wondering... <laughs> Should I be concerned that I have no soul? <laughs> <laughs> Powering dirt. <laughs> oh, no. The ship goes dark and yeah. starts falling. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. It starts Life's floating in space. No. <laughs> Smoking. So all the stuff yeah. starts shorting out. All air lungs. <laughs> you were just reading literature. I thought you were trying to expand your consciousness. I know, seriously. Beyond your programming. Ooh. Nothing will make you feel more alive than John Irving. <laughs> Irving was slow. <laughs> Too many pages. <laughs> Too many pages. <laughs> Never mind the fact that you could read it. Nanoseconds. Um, <laughs> provided we can get Howie like back. It's like a Kindle. Like in the I can't remember. I had to read A Prayer for and Mini, and I cannot remember anything about it. Oh, yeah, it's a rough one. Yeah. It's a rough one. Um, should we be? I, I feel like we shouldn't just leave that guy out in space. I feel like we either need to take him back or vaporize him because if he gets found by the corpse fleet. Can I please make a request? Can I please request that it's impossible for us to vaporize him with the ship? That's just impossible. Why we did it? I know, but that I was against the rules. On my T thirteen back. You home. can't hit an uh, like it's not a, impossible. It's Can impossible. we launch a nuclear weapon in a? No, hex? this is this is this is a this is an object in space that has no that has no command over its direction or anything. Like this is a this is a trackable small thing. Like that, I would think. I understand. You could hit it, you know, in the mid, in the midst of a void with with like a particle cannon or, or a laser or whatever. That. I respectfully disagree, and I was just asking for you to get on my side. I understand if you don't. It's so small in the relative speech of He's space right. not, terms. Not like that. It's not that much smaller than the fighter he was piled. The pilot, the, the, the the ship is only like four times bigger than he is. That's no, true. I know, I know. But and that is about as, and we hey. could get close. Also, he's, and, the only the okay. only motion he has is the show the just the suck of the, the, of the, the momentum that he that of the, the being blown out of the airlock. I get it. I get it. I just have. I, I think I have a little bit more respect for the scale of space. It is Could, so impossible. You have. You think <laughs> it's, like, it's like hitting a come, nickel with a bullet but again? Skip, like, that's what it's like. You just said the fighter was only four times larger, right. which in the scale of space is nothing. And it's yeah. moving. It's being propelled. We're also it's relatively okay. small. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But could we, I just want to throw this coming from the guy who thought he could clearly. Talk I, have back no, I have no. I have no. But agreeing. I with think me. it would it's be fine. a lot more fun if we uh, put him like on an on a on a course to the sun or something that he would eventually go like 
steer himself into the here's sun. The, here's the argument you have, too, on top of it. And I love Ellie's idea about shoving him in the sun. That sun would be... <laughs> yeah. we'd, have, we'd have to get close to the sun. <laughs> that, would, that would work. Well, no, the, we could do it, but it, but the chances that he would be picked the, the, up the, along the, the way... The, the argument you should have had, Joe, was like, we don't have life sensor. We couldn't lock on to him because our life sensor detectors that, didn't Well, work. that's all the same thing. Like you No, it's not. You could still find a like piece of thing in space with our visual Just sensors. The, a target lock? But, but you can't... Yeah. like like uh, I don't want to get bogged down in it, but like... Like a turret, right? From your spaceship shooting out. It, it it's simply not that accurate. We're not this, manually this, tracking this it. This creature did not get vaporized by the freaking nuke that nuked like everything. Why would he get vaporized by? Well, we're gonna shoot another nuke at him now that he's out of the ship. Target <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> locked. We have five now, bitch. But again, <laughs> like he's like we could hit a, a target that's just four times bigger than him that's performing evasive maneuvers and flying at like sublight speeds and everything. And, like we know exactly where this thing is. We can see it. It's not moving fast. Why wouldn't we be able to hit it? So it's, just, it's insane. Uh, I get it. I'm, but I still disagree. Quavo, prove our point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as you're all like sort of weighed down by this somber uh, discussion with the yeah. corpse lead officer, you know, I imagine you all are just kind of going into slow motion into position. Dax just shaking his head. I don't think we're going to be able to hit him. <laughs> uh, PG just kind of maybe looking out the window, lost, thinking about the options that now lay before her. Uh, Friss and Qualo fired up about wasting this thing, and the captain just laser focused. And, uh, like, uh, ground control to Major Tom comes on underneath. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. nice. Yes. Oh, that's Please so perfect. And Please I'm floating in the most of peculiar way. And the stars look very different today. <laughs> and then the missile takes off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the missile is just here. You're all sitting there watching. Don't take too long. The stars look very different. <laughs> Amazing. Here am I sitting in my tin can. Falls the world. Planet Earth is blue, and there's nothing I can do. And you vaporize him. All right. I told you. Okay. <laughs> I love I love how because Troy said it could happen physically, then that's possible. Well, he's, he's he, gravity. He's gravity in this universe. I will never say anything nice about Troy except this one thing that he made it worth it with that. Oh, that was song. great. Yeah. No, yeah. It, and if I had a bottle cap, so I would it. give it to him. Actually, I do. Actually, I take, your, I take that back. Oh, thanks. Speaking <laughs> bottle cap. Oh, hey, yeah, you're, you're you're out of bottle caps. Though. Yeah, I do. If I sell it to someone, they'll ask me for a nickel. <laughs> I still, I'm still wondering. I'm just wondering if there's life on Mars, but that's just me. Life on Mars? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that cutscene slow motion of everybody going through their emotions, and now you set a course for Eox, I'm assuming. Yes. yes. All right. Um, we have one question already out to Chizkiss. One uh, question we, already out to Chizkiss. So we should also update. It's in an update. We, you know, we we, we were assaulted, we were assaulted by, by the corpse fleet. Yeah, we neutralized the threat yeah. with a nuclear weapon. <laughs> yes, with the nuclear weapon, we shot <laughs> we him. Make that yeah. clear. One single. The other guy's still alive, right? In the oh, it's fine. Pete, would like to add. P.S. What is life? <laughs> oh. Yes, what is life? So um, we should also report that the corp we have confirmation that the corpse fleet has erased some of the message and knows yes. possibly knows the location no. of 
knows. Yeah. Not possibly. For sure. Do knows. not qualify it. They, yeah. Because we also want the Starfinder Society to put everything they have into this investigation. Yeah. Like, All right, fine. They know the location of where they where they where they can find the uh, solar degenerator. Presumably, they're ahead of us. They're yeah. ahead of us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll say as you're traveling through the drift, it's going to take a couple of days. Uh, it, so before you're even started, a few hours later. Uh, well, actually, I would say it, it takes six something hours to get there. Six hours to come back. So. Um, 12, 13 hours later, he comes back and he's like, Greetings, Starfinders. It is a grave matter indeed that the corpse fleet seems so intent on keeping you from following the cult of the Devourer's trail, even to the point of attempting to eliminate you. Given these run-ins with the corpse fleet, I have kept my antennae in the air. Nice. You... Asked about if there are any Pathfinder Society representatives on Eox. Ah, yes, and pardon me. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Stop. Bottle cap. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the one you just gave me back. I'll never give you a bottle cap for humiliating yeah. him. How dare you? I'll take him out of Give me a computer. I'll throw it across the room. Oh, no. You know, even my notes, I wrote that you guys asked about the Pathfinder Society. No, so. no. You know, it's, to be fair, I think Grant did say Pathfinder Society. Oh, man. Did, did I? you start this? Did Some, I? Yes, I was just copying what Grant. I don't know. Let's <laughs> run. That's what he responded. He's like, I'll definitely know representatives for the Pathfinder Society. Yeah, I almost made the joke at the time. As that has not been around I for did a long say time. A strange question to ask, but... No, definitely no Pathfinder <laughs> Society people there. Oh. I don't know why you're wasting time with such questions. Well, I mean, if they're dead and we're going to the undead planet, it would make sense that they might be there. Yes. This is not in real time. <laughs> uh, Damn it, Quallo's in the same problem as... Do you, however, think, do you think maybe our characters from other podcasts have now become undead Eoxians? <gasps> One thing at a time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, um, I do not have any information in front of me that there are other Starfinder Society members on EOX. That does not mean there aren't any. Some are performing secretive missions that you and even I would not be privy to. However, I do trust in Miss Trux. She comes highly recommended and she should be able to help you. I realize I perhaps should give you more information about her and the Ministry of Eternal Vigilance. Juanita is what you may know as a ghoul. Jesus. But she was once human and a resident of Absalom Station. Her relatively recent transition to undeath makes her slightly more accommodating to the Starfinder Society than most Eoxians. Apparently, in life, Juanita was obsessed with Eoxian history and the cataclysm that prompted most of the planet's population to turn to undeath. Juanita became intent on achieving immortality with the Eoxians' help. She succeeded, but she spent all of her wealth on the processes and treatments required to achieve her transformation into a ghoul. Given her knowledge of Eoxian culture and history, she then sought work with the planet's government. It was Ambassador Gevalasknor himself who offered Juanita a position at the Ministry of Eternal Vigilance. Mm. Now you may wonder what exactly that ministry is. 
It is a bureaucratic branch of the Eoxian government, though a very small branch, to be honest. Eoxian law requires citizens to report all corpse fleet activity they witness or suspect. The Ministry takes these reports and then provides copies to interested parties as necessary. Law enforcement agencies, the Eoxian Embassy on Absalom Station, or even the stewards. In fact, Eox's ambassadors and government officials make a dutiful show of regularly handing over all of the Ministry's reports to the stewards. It's very important that the Pack Worlds know that the Eoxians are making every possible effort to disavow and eliminate the Corpse Fleet. It is a very thorough system designed to ease the fears of other Pact World members and help Eox avoid blame for the Corpse Fleet's actions. Of course, as I'm sure you will find out, in practice the process is not so smooth. The Oxians file precious few reports about the Corpse Fleet, given the planet's population. Some say there are a significant number of Corpse Fleet sympathizers among the residents yeah, no shit. of Eox's necropolis. It's a recording. You can't talk to it. Or rather... <laughs> I forgot uh, that, Captain. Uh, <laughs> how silly of me. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> the way you slowed down embarrassed. It was so great to go slip into the Android mode. <laughs> Rewinding. <laughs> Some say there are a significant number of Corpse Fleet sympathizers among the residents of Eox's necropoli, as well as among the bone sages who rule the planet. Juanita is the director and only full-time employee of the Ministry of Eternal Vigilance. All reports of corpse lead activity on Eox cross her desk, at least officially, and her office keeps files on every reported incident. Unfortunately, there are also reports of the Oxian citizens who provide real information about the corpse fleet being intimidated or even attacked by corpse fleet sympathizers who believe a Librian should not betray their own kind. This surely does not make Juanita's job any easier, and I have heard, for what it is worth, that she is a bit touchy. That one trait has carried over from life into undeath. Given the supposed ambivalence that many Eoxians exhibit toward the corpse fleet, it is perhaps no surprise that Ambassador Noor installed a non-Alibrian in this post. A human ghoul would likely be less intimidating than a powerful necrovite, and thus more likely to receive reports from citizens. In addition, a former human would have no sympathy for the corpse fleet, as an Alibrian or other native Eoxian might. So she, like, uh, sorry, I know it's a recording, but she maintains her mind? Mm-hmm. Like, from yeah, her regular ghouls. life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're an enemy of Eox, and you decide to become a, whatever, sympathizer to Eox, but have nothing to do with the corpse fleet, like, you're going to have that whole memory and... Yeah, yeah. When, when you go and she, into he said right at the beginning, like she's a recent convert, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, Alibrians yeah, the, the Alibrians were were the native species on Eox before that's it got what I was missing. transformed into an yeah. undead. Alibrians as in the brain guy. Uh, no, that was a no, that was Alibrians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, no. was an Alibrian. Right. Right. He was a Libra. Yeah, yeah. They looked like the Mars. I was like, where did the brain people get into involved in this? Yeah, they look. They look like tall alien grays. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
They, okay. He finishes and says, The last impression Ambassador Noor wants to give the pack worlds is that Eox is not taking the corpse fleet threat seriously. So he installed Juanita himself. I assume he trusts her. <sighs> but she is touchy and obsessed with Eox and, 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 and immortality. Yes. Okay. And she spent her life's savings, basically, to undergo the processes to turn to undead. And so, once she got there, she had to take a job. But who was she in life? There's no data on She was a historian, obsessed with the Eoxian right. culture. Oh, oh, so oh, she was oh, kind awesome. of perfectly cool. suited for the I, job. I love the Eoxians. I love sure. how unusual they are. I love that we get to meet someone who has just recently changed there. And I love that either by their import as an ambassador... Uh, or their import as being someone that has this information for us, even low level. We had to walk on eggshells around them or find another way to deal with them. It's it's a lot of fun. I really like them. I know, but like, here's my problem with it. Like, I think it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's really complicated. Like, yeah. really, really, really complicated. And it seems odd. This is metagamey, but it seems odd for like a game, like a what is purportedly in some ways like a child's game. Because this is really, really complicated. (laughs) Like, I mean, because it's like we have to then believe that Chizkis is 100% reliable with his information. Yeah. That his information isn't wrong or spoiled. We have to believe that this person who is put in this position is 100% trustworthy and is in that position for good reason. I don't see any reason to doubt that. I, I don't. But, like, a person in this position would be in the, in the best position to be a friend of the corpse fleet and to work, you know, on their behalf. I yeah. don't really think Wait, that's why the case. Do, why do we have to believe that Chiskis has 100% of the story and she's 100% trustworthy? Because I, other, because I feel like otherwise, as uh, I'm metagaming, fair, fair. I feel like as characters, as players, I feel For like sure. you start to dissolve into, like, being unable to trust anyone or anything or any information you get. And it's like, how do you effectively move the story forward if you can never trust anyone and there's no good guys we don't at have all. any we don't have any like evidence solid evidence that we found on our own that would be like oh yes this is this is right we're we taking go. everyone's we're taking word everyone's for it. word yeah. i'm not yeah. saying but even nor though like you listen to him he gave you lots of information and you walk out of there and you're like I don't fucking trust that guy. Yeah, I know. Again, no one. I the trust thing. We don't, Chiskis. I just well, don't necessarily think that I they have everything. Him, I trust him mostly for for metagaming reasons. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Me too. And I. What all I'm saying is, it's just a very brief commentary on like. You know, this is supposed to be something that kids could play. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. how is a kid going to understand, like, the subtleties of, like, the whistleblower idea, right? Or, like, <laughs> we need to have a somebody... I mean, who is in the pocket of the corpse fleet on EOX? Like, who is... I mean, I who, You know, these gangsters that are going to stop information from getting to uh, Juanita. It's like, we can get that information to Juanita just fine. But isn't there, like, a tiny part of you that thinks that just giving her this information about what's going on here is, like, well, that's revealing weird. information we weren't supposed to and, like, she'll use it against us? Well, we can't believe that, right? Like, otherwise, we can't move the adventure forward. Right, right. I, I mean, also reject your, your presupposition that this is a children's game exclusively. <laughs> Like I, never, pretty, I never said exclusively. The, I said the math is complicated alone. No, I know. I never said exclusively, but I think that like kids are supposed to be able to play this game. And, I, I, and just from a metagaming perspective, this is deep shit. Kids like, are smart. 
it's really politically involved shit. I don't know. It's I it's, think there's two things. I think that a it's lot. It's different of, from when I played D and D from when I was a kid. Yeah, that's yeah, what oh, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. This oh, is very different from sure. that experience. Yeah, it's very different. I think a lot of kids that go through this now might be put through by their parents or someone slightly older. I also think that the kid who is running the game would know everything that's happening and be able to have the benefit that Troy has of reading exactly what's going on and would be able to railroad people guide in the point. right way. Yeah. Also, yeah, they might not be able to like who intimate. who who would be better at sussing out intrigue than kids. Like yeah. it's it's a default setting. Have you seen yeah. Goonies? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It's it's just very comp. I mean, I'm completely lost, and I'm not a kid. But right. I, I mean, I I barely like. I still think it's fishy with that crate woman, and I've said of that all the time. Yeah, of and course. I think. Also, astral extractions and all that stuff. What happened with that? That's the thing. I mean, you may, you bring up the perfect point, right? This is where it all hinges on. It's like, we found out in book one, because of Friss and his boldness, that Gevel Asknor was fucking smuggling a corpse fleet officer, yeah. it looked like, back into Absalom Station. Right, exactly, yeah. And now, uh, Chiskis is, is relying on Givalas Nor's recommendation yeah. for this woman on Eox. But yep. he, he said in his message that, like, he, it's, she, he's too powerful. He's too well-connected. Like, he... Chiskis doesn't have the authority to go up against him without hard evidence. Right. And the but, evidence was deleted. But I'm just thinking, why would Chiskis... Uh, why would that guy uh, then be like recommend like what what would he be like hey starfinders who are saving the planet why would I think you should listen to Gavilus Knorr I know I, and, and I think that this is what I think Skid and I are, are seeing here just that crossover into metagaming where it's like yeah. what's the point of we, any of this we know we, know we tra- have to advance the plot we, it <laughs> has to happen we have to tell this person everything I we just know. love that we're in the drift for like days and just paranoia we have all this time on the crew to like that's what's happening. Why are we? Why are we doing this? I like no, that you're like. <laughs> what? What? Uh, we, we don't trust that Gavilask door. And just, just comes back. I spoke to Gavilask. He's completely exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and like, it's either. I mean, if I mean, he's wrong in any way, he's either corrupt. Right? Can't believe that Chiskis is corrupt. Or he's just wrong and being played by them too. He but also in either could, case, that's a terrible thing for the game. He also yeah. could be playing the game politically, and like when when five relatively junior Starfinders are. Like, yeah, look, he, he had to smuggle a fucking corpse. And he's like, I'm sure that's not what was going I'll on. I'll tell you the, the, the most suspect part of all this, and this leads into your Chizkis idea, is the idea that the Starfinder Society has uh, five uh, level five Starfinders, junior Starfinders, going after a stellar degenerator. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. all they got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that yeah, that, that's getting into the metagaming part, too. But it is, uh, you know, Matthew, I didn't think about this before until you just said that. It is kind of interesting, the idea that, like, it could be not what we think. It could be Givalas Nor is smuggling in this corpse fleet person who is trying to escape from the corpse fleet. You know, maybe she is the whistleblower. Yeah, yeah. That's, who knows? That's true. So, like, that is... That's we, true. We, we have not discussed yeah, that option, yeah. and that could be out there. But the thing is, too, is that we don't have... That, like you are saying, like, we don't have any firsthand... We don't have any actual hard evidence. Like, we're only relying on right. other people's, like, giving us their interpretations of whatever they know. Right. And when, when you're talking about going after people in a really intense way... It's like you want to have that evidence. You want to be able to boom, slap it down on the table yeah, in dramatic, yeah, Columbo fashion. Yeah, if you're, we more. have we have come back from the diaspora with nothing, nothing, and we're driving the story. Other than we're driving the story, we have no, we have we have found nothing, right? And we to can drive say, the story 
we, we're yeah, we're just reliant. we can say the corpse fleet knows more than us. Yeah, that is our information. I, right. and, you know, what's Juanita going to say? Like, go fuck yourselves. No, I obviously we'll get there and she'll have something. But like, I don't know. I like to. to I like what to, are we offering? Yeah, I like to imagine that they are going through the, these discussions. Like they start off with that somber discussion, and like you said, in the drift rock for five days. Just fighting over this, these things. And also, they haven't been on a vacation in a long time. Uh, you know, so it's been... I, I can we see... We haven't even how, had a weekend. Exactly. Like, yeah. uh, And so this is my pitch for that casino in the sun, Troy. But. <laughs> oh, I do love that idea. <laughs> we had joy. We had fun. We had casino. No, you know what? <laughs> yes. You know what the best way to like... Uh, the best example of that is like, we all go to Absalom Station. We all walk into Chiska's office, and we're all flipping out about yeah. how no one can be trusted and about how the entire planet of Eox is the corpse fleet. Exactly. And they're all working against us, and he's going to be like, you need a vacation. Take a week. Stick your head in the sand. Spend a little time with your kids. Try to remember what it's important in life. It's like when Picard goes to that paradise island and suddenly... Yeah, and suddenly he's wearing panties. Yeah. Oh, no, he does love panties. He's He's wearing like hot pants. Yeah. Terry cloth hot pants. And then he, yeah. And then my favorite sex scene of all time is that he leans over and looks at that girl and he's like, You're outrageous. And then yeah. they start making up. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a line. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, uh, all right. So you continue to EOX. So yeah. we're in the drift. You're in the drift and you're flying along. It's day. And we're having these debates in character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who can all... we trust yeah, throughout yeah, yeah, the day? Yeah. yeah, you've got a lot of information. And I think you're playing it the right way. Like, Overthink it. It's, yeah. You can play that if you're a child, or uh, you know, uh, if you're playing this game in a different way. You may, maybe you can just play it by underthinking it. Overthink it. It's going to make it more fun for you because the more you overthink it, the more I can throw in more red herrings and right, right. throw things around. Great. As you're going along, it's uh, day two, and uh, Howie uh, says, "Captain, I should ask: Are any of you familiar with Eox and Orphis or the Splice?" Let's assume we're not. All right. Would you like a status report? I believe it could help you. Yes, please. I'm picturing Captain K like alone on the bridge. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like late at night. Captain K can't sleep. Yeah. Sitting in the con. Yeah. yeah. Eox is a dead world, as I'm sure you know, with no seas or oceans. And what's left of its thin atmosphere is toxic, radioactive, both, or worse. Now, when it comes to Orphis, Orphis is one of Eox's great necropoli, but the Splice is one of the city's most unappealing districts. I am correct in understanding that is where you are heading, yes? Yes. Yes. Well, largely industrial and utilitarian, the Splice is home to several necrograft factories, which lay the unpleasant reality of this technology's fabrication bare. Are you familiar with necrograft factories? I am not. Hmm. They are large, dirty, and unsightly. Most of the fusion of undead flesh and technology required to create necrographs takes place inside the factories, but other rather morbid processes also happen on these facilities' open-air grounds. This includes the cultivation of massive amounts of vat-grown, genetically synthesized living flesh, 
as well as the transportation of this unpleasant crop via flesh elevators up into the factories. Jesus Christ. Beyond the necrographed factories, the splice is also home to rows of slum-like abodes where some of Orphus's poorest and politically disfavored citizens live, including those few living species who have agreed to work for the Eoxians, often in the nearby necrographed factories, in exchange for the gift of undeath once their mortal forms have weakened. Jesus. That is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Of course, where there's a population, there are also businesses to serve the residents, and the splice is no different. If you're looking for a shop to buy things to upgrade yourself, your crew, or the ship, I'm sure they can accommodate you, though their friendliness may not be there in the conversation. <laughs> Nailed it. He's, He's a computer. He's a computer. He what doesn't your get that stuff. Strange ways of talking. I <laughs> do not know. Befuddle me. Your However, stra- your strange modern ways frighten <laughs> me. Confuse me. Modern I'm just a the way that they talk to you may Fright not be the, the nice way. Oh, nice. I'm. A, I want to go shop. However, oh. local law enforcement. Rarely turns its attention towards the hard scrabble district. So many of the Splice's business proprietors are shady. What? It's Even called a hard scrabble? Did you just, just throw that in? No, it's like hard scrabble's an adjective. Oh, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, sooty what chimney was, what or whatever. What was the other yeah. thing that was the called? The hard scrabble collective. That was yeah. capital H. This is lowercase h? Yes. Got it. Got it. Big difference. So many of the Splice's business proprietors are shady. Even by Eoxian standards Jesus Christ Visitors are uncommon in the splice <laughs> And amenities for the living Are scarce enough to be nearly non-existent Yeah, I think Just Kiss is like a fucking traitor Like, why would he send I know. us there? You know what? I want to cancel this AP <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I want us to all play Sun Angels yeah. <laughs> Fighting the Space Demons Can we just do that? I have no idea who's I'm, a good guy I'm and a bad guy <laughs> I don't think it's just that though I think we watched a trailer for a scary movie Before we record this And Joe looked a little Brady cat <laughs> I'm still thinking about oh, it yeah, I know And I'm, I think you're scared Of going to this Undead planet I, I, I played it again Over the headphones Before we started It was Joe really ripped, unnecessary his headphones <laughs> yeah, off. I threw my headphones Into the monitor Of my computer <laughs> Like It's just so Like it, it, It's on multiple levels Not only the, your imagination Of the undead But also just purely The the fact that they, that everyone could be lying to you. Every yeah. market district you could go in is full of thieves. Every ambassador you talk to could be a double agent. Every yeah. It's awful. It's, yeah, it's very it unsettling. Is. Every I think this, junta uh, looks this. like Billy Zane. <laughs> Captain, <laughs> just a couple more things real quick. Let me sum up what we have so far. A zombie population. Mm. Flesh elevators. Yes. Trust no one. Yes. Great. Go on. Eox's local day is as long as 30 packed standard days or 720 packed standard hours. So it's like Sweden. Yes, exactly. Welcome to the... Cockpit Friss. <laughs> Sorry, that was Skid. Welcome to the Hello. Skid was in the garbage. Exactly. He's like, Friss has no knowledge of Sweden. The splice is exactly like Sweden. Yeah. Like Incidentally, the, I just saw Midsommar, so. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, but I wanted to ask about that. that. Does it mean that uh, every, one day is 30 days, or does it mean like one day spent in regular time, then 30 day passes in? Well, he continues no. to say, it's, like, just, like, it's just. It's, it's not takes. interstellar. 30 days, okay. right? To it's as long as 30 stack days. But he says... Like, to make a revolution. 
Yeah. No, to, to yeah. The number of well, hours. Not to, to it's not like we lose, lose time. No. Right. No. Jesus Christ. So no, it's right. not time travel, right? <laughs> it's like not space. Not a singularity. Travel. There's no singularity. <laughs> it just is bigger. Like the rest of the pack worlds, Eox defaults to the 24-hour pack standard day, which makes timekeeping easy and universal. But for the likely duration of your stay, Eox will be somewhere in the middle of its 15-day-long night. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is that's what cool. I am talking so, about. So they have the days are numbered in 24 hour increments, but it's just it night literally and is then day for 15 Night for days. two weeks, day it's for two weeks. That's literally, cool. Literally is Sweden. Shit. It's Sweden. Uh, that's what I was I mean, saying. Yeah, it is Sweden. Yeah. As I mentioned, Orphis is one of the planet's major necropoli, and it's a hub for living visitors to Eox, which could benefit you. Though a relatively meager hub, given the circumstances. As such, the entire city is covered in a carefully engineered protective dome that contains a breathable atmosphere for living creatures. As long as you stay within the city limits, you and your crew can thus move around office without worrying about using your armor's environmental protections. Yeah. So please leave all your armor and weapons <laughs> oh, behind. Like, you won't need. You will not need your armor you and weapons. Trust Howie. Yes. <laughs> Even Howie. No. You hear Howie be. say. You want, you want me to read this too? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you should all split up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Go to different. Open yes. different doors. You should all walk in. Actually. You walk into this building. You walk into this building. <laughs> so good. How do you spell Orphos, by the way? Orphis is O R P H Y S. Oh, O R P H. Very sci-fi, spacey. Yeah. Orphis. Orphis. Not like Orphos. No. Yeah. Or Orphis. Um, well, I'm excited to go some, do some shopping. Don't I? I know you will not stop talking about the shopping. I don't think how he's done. I want to spend my money. You go. You finish traveling through the drift. <laughs> uh, as you get close, Howie comes on again, lets you know that you're receiving a hailing frequency from Eoxian Space Defense officials uh, on an ancient orbital defense platform called the Sentinel. Oh, my God. It's so awesome. They ask you who you are, what your business is on Eox. Um, I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. You know, <laughs> at this point, probably Howie already told you that most interplanetary traffic to and from Eox goes through the domed spaceport called Pactport. But you're going to Orphis, and fortunately for you, Orphis has its own small spaceport. So after you give your identification... Uh, it was an older code kit, sir. I was about to clear them. I was about to clear them. Shall I hold them? Space defense officials, they direct you towards there. Leave them to me. You land, and you disembark. <laughs> it's funny every time, Grant. And it's just... In the uh, you know the uh, customs and immigration uh, line, everyone working there is undead. Oh, so man, it's fucking so the, crazy. the line takes forever with living people. I know. <laughs> I don't know how with zombies. You think, oh, God, yeah. you know, happen. you go through immigration and customs, and you see like bathrooms, and uh, a janitor comes out of one of the bathrooms, and the janitor's human. And he just kind of looks up at you. Puts his head back down oh, and then goes at the whoa. next. He's restaurant. working for undeath. Wow. Yeah. But wow. Why would, why would Everybody, everybody's death working things. for the undeath weekend. For the undead it's like, man. It's like guest workers in Kuwait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go through customs, immigration, the watchful eyes of uh, the watchful. Sorry. 
<laughs> you go through customs and immigration under the watchful eye sockets of undead officials. God. You hail a space taxi. Hey. And what we you say head <laughs> to the splice. I got two splice things. Space taxi. Two things I want to tell you. Well, one thing I'm going to show you. The second thing I'm going to tell you. First thing I'm going to show you is the map. Oh. Wow. Ooh, ooh that's posed well. Oh, wow. it looks like a StarCraft two map. Oh, that's, <laughs> it, it actually that's a lot. I was thinking Blade Runner, but but yes, <laughs> much bigger like than StarCraft I expected. Too. I will say. You see, uh, you know, two cross streets. They'll say there's like neon signs lit up. It's awesome. You're on uh, Bare Knuckle Way, and up ahead is Carpal Spur. Street. It's all Blade Runner oh, shit. Spur. And as you stand here in the splice on Eox in the District of Orphis. Ready to go to the Ministry of Eternal Vigilance and meet with Juanita Trucks and do who the hell knows what else. You all level up to six. And we'll see you next week. Androids and Aliens is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Dead Sons is copyright 2017. Dead Sons and the Starfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Starfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. 